Shalom, and welcome to Kehilat Rosh Pina, a dynamic, multicultural, and growing Messianic Jewish congregation located in the heart of Oklahoma City and led by Rabbi Michael Weigand. Our goal is to bring you the message of the Word each week from a Jewish perspective and to exalt the Messiah Yeshua as Lord and Savior overall. We are a loving congregation made up of both Jew and Gentile, now one in the Messiah, with Shabbat morning services at 10.40 a.m. and various studies throughout the week. Please come and join us next time you are in Oklahoma City. We would love to have you. And now, we hope you enjoyed today's message. It's been a roller coaster this week. Many of you know what I'm referring to, the, the absolute tragedies in Eretz Israel in the land of Israel. It's been a, an emotional roller coaster. For some, there have been family members involved, uh, way too many as far as I'm concerned. And you can imagine as I was preparing to bring a message for this Shabbat, which I'm quite used to doing, but it was very hard. Because, you know, we want to, no matter what comes our way, we want to remain focused on our Messiah. And sometimes that's very hard. How many of you have gone through family situations or situations in your own life, and it was very easy to get diverted away from, you know, the things that are eternal and to, to focus on the temporal and my heart just really has been breaking, as I'm sure many of your hearts have been broken by the tragedy and the needless and loss of precious life. And it even more was exemplified for me when I realized and became aware of a couple of at least two Messianic Jewish believers have been, were, were murdered, were killed this past week during this whole conflagration that was taking place around Gaza. And I want to mention them by name. And I don't know, maybe even Howard Zaretz may don't know them, I don't know. But the first one is, is Lieutenant Alina Pravasudova. And the second one is Sergeant David Ratner. These are two who were Messianic believers they believed in Yeshua, and they were both active in congregations, two different congregations in Israel. And here we have made it a point to pray for Israel, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We made it a point to try to support and help uh, Israelis, and uh, particularly Israeli believers that we're in connection with, thankfully, with. But this, uh, to me, this was over the, over the top. I want to tell you a little bit about Sergeant David Ratner. He's 20 years old. And he was, and notice this next statement about him. He was an active member. Not just a member, but he was really involved. He was an active member of Beit Halel congregation in Ashdod. And that congregation is pastored, led by his parents, Chaim and Miriam Ratner. Can you imagine the pain that they're feeling in his last conversation with his mother as she dropped him off for duty, David reportedly shared his concern for the soul of another soldier that he had come to know in his unit. 
And David shared his strong desire that that soldier would come to accept Yeshua as his Lord. That was the parting conversation that David Ratner of blessed memory had with his mom, Miriam, as she dropped him off. And also Lieutenant Alina Pravasudova. She was 23 years old. David Ratner was 20. Uh, she was a career IDF, Israel Defense Force, officer. She heroically died during the terrorist attack while shielding fellow soldiers at their base near Gaza. Alina was from Haifa. She was from Haifa. She was born in Israel. She was a Sabra. She was born in Israel to Russian-Ukrainian immigrant parents. And she was an active member. She attended Shabbat Zion congregation pastored by Leon Mazin. And we can also, though, praise God for the leader of the City of Life Messianic Congregation that meets regularly in Sederot. How many of you have heard of Sederot? If you follow in Israel closely, you know about Sederot. Uh, it was there we took our, I took my wife and uh, daughter there. We saw uh, accumulation at, at the police station Sederot. We saw a whole collection of the various types of rockets. We were able to get into there. Some of you also were with us on that. We were able to get into the police station behind the bars and get into there and to see they had collected all the various types of rockets and stuff that had been sent at Sidero to this little town there. Well, the pastor, uh, the leader of that congregation, uh, Michael Beener and his wife, Dina, uh, they're the founders of the City of Life Messianic Congregation in Sederot. And there was some wonderment if they had survived. I mean, there were a lot of rockets, thousands, being shot from Gaza. And there was wonder for several days if they had survived. And, you know, at least there's some, some good news here, a little bit of light at the end of the dark tunnel here. But they, they eventually showed up and they were safe, both the husband and wife, Michael, Michael, and Dina had survived, and they're able to continue to meet with their congregation. Did you know that there are Messianic congregations in virtually every city of Israel? We need to keep praying. We need to keep supporting. But in my opinion, far too many Israelis, one is too many in my opinion, far too many Israelis, young and old, they did not make it through this horrific, horrific onslaught that came. And there are so many stories, and even some here have been personally touched. Some of us do have family in Israel, per personally touched by this. And our hope and our prayer is that there will be many who come to know the Lord. And I, I, I've known for many years, and some of you have heard me say this in private conversation, I've known and, and at least been convinced in my own inner being, I've known that if you can win the heart of someone, if you win the heart, if Yeshua can grab the heart, change does come. How many believe that? If he grabs your heart, that's what happened in my life, my testimony, probably your testimony too. If you're a believer, if you're not a believer, you should be. Life is too short. You need to turn your life fully to the Lord. And we want to remember those who've passed on today. And I know um, 
Suffering among our Jewish people is not a new thing. It's an age-old thing. Just read some of the texts of the Bible. The, the dispersions and the, I don't even want to talk about, but some of the, the debauchery, all the stuff that has happened to the Jewish people. But through all of this, we can say with a full assurance, Hinelo yanum velo yishan shomer Israel. Behold, he that keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps, and I believe that many are going to turn to him through this horrific tragedy. And today, in honor of those and in the memory, and may their memory be a blessing, in memory of those who have died tragically in Israel this past week. I'd like to ask you to please stand as we recite Kaddish. This ancient rooted prayer, really it's a praise to God. I, I love this, this particular prayer. There are many melodies too. I love the one we do here. I love this prayer, this praise, because it never really mentions mavet, never mentions death. But what does it mention? It mentions over and over again praise to God, praise to God. And it's hard in the middle of a tragic situation to, to get our, our gaze back on him, but let me encourage you. I know some of you are news hounds. Some of you have your phones out from morning to night looking at everything that's posted. May our hearts be like that towards the Lord, panting for him, as the deer pants for the water, as Tehillim says. I'd like to recite Kaddish. Let's chant Kaddish together. And, then, uh, and, and as you've been mourning and you've been despairing, and let's remember that he is the Lord. The Lord is the Lord. And he's bringing many in. He works with the hearts of humanity in ways that we could not even fathom. Blessed be his name. Yit kadal va yit kadash shemera ba be'al madivra cherute ve'yam lich machute be'chayechon yomechon u'chayedechol bet Yisrael. Bagala, Bagala, Uvis man kauri, Vemru, Amen. Yeshme Rabba Mevorach, Leolam on me on Maria, Yit Barach. Yit parak va yishtabach va yit paar va yit romam va yit nasay ve yit hadar ve yit alay ve yit halal shme de kutsha barichu lela min birchata ve shirata tush bechata ve nehemata damiran beyama ve imru 
Say shalom bim romav, who ya say shalom aleinu, vehalko, vehalko, Yisrael, vehimu. Magnified and sanctified be his great name in the world which he has created according to his will. May he establish his kingdom during your life and during your days and during the life of the whole house of Israel, even swiftly and soon, and say, Amen. Let his great name be blessed forever and to all eternity. Blessed praised and glorified, exalted, extolled, and honored, magnified and lauded, be the name of the Holy One. Blessed is he, though he be high above all the blessings and songs, praises and consolations which are uttered in the world, and say, Amen. May he who makes peace in his high places make peace upon us and upon all Israel, and say, Amen. You know, friends, it's been a couple of years since we've done this. I would ask you, please, to join hands with your neighbors here across the aisles. The scripture is very clear that when one suffers and mourns, we all mourn. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. And today, we stand as one body. And we remember those who have perished, those in Israel who have perished needlessly, terribly. We remember them. And we stand in unity for the good and the well-being of Israel. Let's sing together, O Say Shalom. O Say Shalom Bimromav who ya say shalom aleinu ve'al kol Yisrael ve'imru ve'imru amen O say shalom bimromav who ya say shalom aleinu ve'al kol Yisrael ve'imru ve'imru amen ya say shalom Yahasei Shalom, Shalom Aleinu, Ve'alko Israel. Yahasei Shalom, Yahasei Shalom, Shalom Aleinu. May he who makes peace in his high places make peace upon us and upon all Israel. And people of God, let us all say, Amen.
So be it. Please be seated. Thank you. There's a well-known statement in Tehillim in Psalm 122 that guides us as we wonder, well, what can we do? And Rabbi Carl mentioned this several times if you listen carefully. We can pray. Then please don't think prayer is an anemic thing. It's a powerful thing. Prayer is powerful. And if we become convinced that prayer is meaningless and doesn't have power, we are being deceived. Prayer is a powerful thing. And we think about all the great men and women of God that we read about in Scripture. Oftentimes their prayer lives are pointed out to us. And we can learn from them that even Abraham, even Yeshua, the the prophets, the great uh, women of God, they prayed. They were praying people. But Psalm 122 gives us a specific direction of prayer. Many of you know this by heart. It says, pray for the peace of Yerushalayim, for Jerusalem. Shalu shalom Yerushalayim. But then it continues and says, may those who love you, meaning Yerushalayim, symbolic or emblematic of the Jewish people, may those who love you be at peace. It continues in the TLV version. May there be shalom within your walls and quietness within your palaces. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I now say shalom be within you. For the sake of the house of Adonai, our God, I will seek your good. How many of you have heard that passage before? Well, most of us have. Some of you even know that, those three Hebrew words, shalom, Yerushalayim. You can see that's in the plural form. It means a community type of prayer. All of you, all you all, how do we say in the South? Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And I wish that that's the only thing that it says, particularly about peace in Scripture. And there are many wonderful passages about Scripture. But if you thumb back to Psalms, Back to Psalm 120, beginning with verse 6, also from the TLV version. It says this. My soul has too long dealt with those who, then the Hebrew says, sonei shalom. Can you say that? Sonei shalom. Let's try that again. Sonei shalom. My soul has too long dwelt with those who sonei shalom, who hate shalom, who hate peace. And then it says this, it's a very curious statement, the very next statement. Ani shalom hema says, I am for peace. Ani shalom, can you say that? Ani shalom, I am peace. But what, and thus I speak, but they are for milchama, they're for war. And what a quandary that is. It says, my soul has too long dwelt with those who hate shalom, I am for shalom, and thus I speak, but they are for war. And you can almost envision the writer saying, pointing to himself, Ani, shalom, I want peace. I want peace, I want peace. But they, sonei shalom, they hate peace. And you know, it's been said that peace is not possible when one party is resigned to warfare. Think about it. How difficult it is if one party is just dead set upon warfare, confrontation, and aggression. It's only when two sides want peace can peace become a reality. 
And, you know, we, we see that there's so much conflict right now in the world. Our attention shouldn't be turning away from what's happening in Ukraine there with 23 Messianic synagogues there, congregations. Arguably the largest congregation in the Messianic world is in Kiev. Still existing, by the way. And by the way, thankfully, all 23 of those congregations are still functioning in Ukraine right now. And I'm thankful that we've been a congregation that's tried to be supportive of them. But I think never has the necessity for all people to follow the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, been so clear to me, maybe to you also. The necessity we need to, we need to advocate for all people to follow the Prince of Peace, Yeshua. Because peace comes from him. One of his prophetic names is Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, the one that administers the peace. And his coming was foretold. There are many passages, many of you are very adept at going through messianic prophecies, and you can point out many messianic prophecies. But this particular one has always enthralled me. It's Isaiah chapter 9, beginning with verse 5 in the complete Jewish Bible. It says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. Does that sound familiar, familiar territory? So this is not just the passage that comes at Hagamolad at the, the end of the year when uh, the, many celebrate Yeshua's birth. It says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and then it says, dominion will rest on his shoulders, and he will be given the name Peleoetz El Gibor Aviad Sar Shalom, wonder of a counselor, mighty God, Father of eternity, Prince of Peace. And notice that last statement, the Prince of Peace. And then it continues, in order to extend the dominion and perpetuate the peace of the throne and kingdom of David, to secure it and sustain it through justice and righteousness, henceforth and forever, the zeal of Adonai Tzavot, the Lord of hosts, will accomplish this. Scripture speaks often about peace. And it relates peace often, it's particularly in prophetic, but also in the New Covenant, relates peace or connects peace with who? With Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Has that been true in your life, that as you've come to know the Lord, you've turned your life more and more over to the Lord, that you've sensed an increasing flood of peace? That's been true. How many can say that's true for you? It certainly is for me. Coming from a, a, an age, an era of turmoil, uh, some of you remember the 60s, <laughs> and the peace that, that came through faith in Yeshua, our Messiah, it was just incredible. And right standing with God also brings in this flood of peace, this increasing peace. And when we are in right standing with the Lord, when he is genuinely allowed by us, think about this. <laughs> when, he, when the Lord is allowed by us to be Lord of our lives, just think that through. <laughs> when he's allowed to be Lord of our lives in our own lives, then everything else seems to fall in place. And many of you can quote Matthew six thirty three: Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. But also Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says this in the TLV version. Therefore, having been made righteous by trusting, by faith. The writer could have went many different directions with this. 
we have shalom with God through our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. Peace with God. There's nothing more precious than that. Peace with God. Being in right standing with God. And my prayer for all of us today is that we will be in right standing with the Lord through faith in Messiah Yeshua. For this we labor. For this we share with our neighbors that they would come to know the Lord and know him who is the Prince of Peace. And this peace through Yeshua, through trusting in Yeshua, is available to Jewish people and non-Jewish people. It's available to all. In that sense, God is no respecter of persons. But those who turn, who repent, and receive Yeshua as their personal Lord and Savior, no matter where they live. And to us, that could be a difficult thing to imagine. No matter where they live, if they repent and receive Yeshua as their personal Lord and Savior, something will happen to them inside. There'll be no lad mechadash. They'll be born anew, born afresh. Born again, as we say in English. But this idea of peace, shalom. Can you say the word shalom? One of the most widely known Hebrew language words in all the Hebrew language. Some argue that the word hallelujah is more well known, but that's been kind of absorbed into English. And can you say amen to that? That's another one that they say is very widely known, amen, there. But I want to read you what was recently published by a ministry, an, is, uh, an initiative by the Israeli believers. Some of you are familiar with this ministry, and Rosh Pina has been supporting this ministry financially for a while. It's called One for Israel Ministries. It's an initiative of uh, native-born is- Israelis there, reaching out, those who have come to know Yeshua as their Messiah, reaching out, using a lot of technology to reach out. But here's something, that it's a, a bit of a long quote, but I believe if you listen carefully, it's worthwhile to hear this perspective when, it, when we're considering the idea of peace and shalom. Here's what One for Israel ministry stated, quote, Early Judaism understood the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah very well. That the Messiah was supposed to be both a Kohen, a priest, and a Melech, a king. He was to suffer and be rejected like Yosef, like Joseph, because of the sins of his brothers. The Messiah, son of Joseph, and later he would rule as king like David, Messiah, son of David. While today Jesus reigns in the lives of those who accept him as the Messiah, he will come back to rule and establish his kingdom on earth. Only then he will bring world peace, as the prophet Isaiah said, quote, the wolf will live with the lamb, end quote. The peace that you've been waiting for since the beginning will actually be the last thing the Messiah will accomplish. Until then, we live in a time of transition, a time in which God is setting up his kingdom on earth in the lives of people. The population of the world has grown. Technology has advanced. And therefore, many evil people can do many more evil deeds. Jesus himself said that before his return, there will be wars disasters, and humanity will experience much suffering. According to him, these will be the labor pains before his return in his second coming as Messiah, son of David. 
we need to remember that this is only one piece of the whole picture. Since the time that Jesus came into the world, the number of people that entered a relationship with the God of Israel has grown dramatically. According to the Old Testament, this is one of the main roles of the Messiah. Jesus succeeded where the people of Israel, who were supposed to be a light to the nations, failed to bring many Gentiles to know the God of Israel. This is not to be taken lightly. Hundreds of millions of Gentiles who previously lived in spiritual darkness now know the light of the Jewish Messiah and worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, that's a long quote, but there's some important matters in there. In fact, let me read a passage of Scripture to parallel this from the book of Messianic Jews, Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with verse 25, which exhorts all of us concerning Messiah Yeshua. Exhorts us with these words, see to it that you do not refuse the one who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused the one who was warning them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns us from heaven. And we have been warned through Yeshua the Messiah. Well, today I have both good news and bad news. <laughs> I want to start with the bad news first. Luke chapter 21, verse 8. <laughs> Yeshua said, Take heed that you not be deceived. For many will come in my name saying, I am he, and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified. For these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilence, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. And it continues a little later on in the chapter in verse 25. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaking. And Rav Shaul also said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, pointing at it from a different direction, beginning with verse 1. He tells them, he tells Timothy, he says, but know this, make sure you get this, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying his power. And then he says this, from such people, turn away. Now, I don't know how you are with lists, but that is a brutal list right there. What a list that is. And describing, and he, he, just, he uses this list to describe the last days. And I don't know what you're noticing going on around you, but it seems increasingly this list is there. 
I mean, think about it. The idea of unforgiving and slanderous, all, it's, it's all there now in, in exponential terms because the, the population has increased so much. So that's part of the bad news we've been warned about these days. We shouldn't be surprised that these type of things have been happening and will continue to happen. I'm sad to say that. But there's also some good news. <laughs> it's really good news. It's profound news, and it's simple news. It's simple enough for all people to be able to grasp and hold. The simple news is this. It's sometimes more difficult to activate this, but the simple news is this. It's only three words. Just three words. How complicated can it be? We must repent. We must repent. Because... It is true that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord Yeshua will be saved. We must repent. Repent means to turn away from our own ways and turn to his way, the way that he said, the way that leads not to death, but leads to life eternal. We must repent. It's, repentance is not a, a, a real popular word now out there. It's very popular in the Bible. How many notice that repentance is a popular word in the Bible? <laughs> it's a very popular word. It, 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 per, it permeates the, all the scriptures. Sometimes it's said directly. Other times it's implied. Sometimes we see examples of it. Now also, when we see these things happening, difficult times are certain for us. We're very aware of that. You don't need me to tell you that this morning about difficult times. That's not even counting some of the difficult personal things we go through. It's amazing. That's why we have a prayer team up here every week to get a special uh, prayer for whatever one might be facing. But what the words of what, what the Apostle Paul, what Rob Shul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning of verse 16, is also very important. He says, Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. We can be in the middle of some really bad stuff going around, but it doesn't mean that we lose our relationship with the Lord. In fact, we must keep our eyes upon our Messiah, regardless of what happens. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. And then verse 17, and how many times have I personally gone back and thought of this? Perhaps you have also. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, compared to eternity, some of the most difficult things we go through is really momentary. For our momentary light affliction, as some translators say, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And a key is in verse 18. And it has to do with Vision, the eyes of our heart. While we do not look at the things which are seen, it's very easy when we look at what's happening in the world to feel downtrodden, to feel in despair, to feel hopeless. We do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? They are temporary. But the things which are not seen, they are eternal. Now, we are not the first generation 
that has experienced difficulties, trials, and tribulations. How many know that? We're not the first generation. We're increasingly getting to the end of things here. And it seems as if all generations have experienced such things like we have, although there's some new dimensions to this. Who would have thunk this type of stuff would happen? Cross-border terrorism like that. But this generation may be different from all other generations because we are growing nearer and nearer to the Lord's return. Each day, as I've said many times, I'm very convinced of this, and I, I pray you are as well. Each day brings us closer to the return of our Messiah. And we should expect there's going to be tribulation and wars and rumors of war, just like he said, because his word is true. What he said will come to pass. He also said that heaven and earth may pass away, but his word will not pass away. So let me remind you of what this means, how this summary of all things, how the summation of it all will come about. It's written in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning with verse 16. For the Lord himself, now that's a showstopper right there. For the Lord himself. There are those who think he didn't exist. There are those who don't think he was a historical person. There are those who think this or that. The scripture says clearly, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a rousing cry, as the complete Jewish Bible says, with a call from one of the ruling angels. And with what? Say with me the next two words, God's shofar. Do we know about shofars in this congregation? Yes, we do. And with God's shofar, those who died united with the Messiah will be the first to rise. Then we who are left still alive will be caught up with them in the clouds to what? To meet the Lord in the air. And thus, we will always be with the Lord. Oh, happy day. Maybe I should write a song about that. Oh, happy day. (laughs) And will you say the next words with me, please? Verse 18 of 1 Thessalonians 4. Let's read it together. So encourage each other with these words. Encourage each other with what? These words, the fact that the Lord is coming back. And those who are is, it's going to be a glorious time. We have tribulation now in the world, but when Messiah returns, he himself, even though people didn't believe in him, guess what? He's still returning, and he's returning with great glory beyond our understanding. (laughs) Wow, you talk about a shofar blast. What shofar blast will that be? Purportedly, the whole earth will hear it at once. Now, I know we have some great shofar blowers here, I don't think they get quite to that level. (laughs) And I want to conclude today with a song. I want to conclude with a song for you. And rest easy, no, I am not going to sing. (laughs) I'm not going to sing, but there are many songs in Scripture. It surprises you where you find some of them. In fact, one of the Hebrew prophets did sing, (laughs) probably played instruments, and he, le- he, he left us the words to his song, but he didn't leave us with the melody. I guess we, he didn't have CDs back then to record it. But he left us some words, the words to his song. 
And when you first read them, until you get to the end, you really don't realize it's a song, but it was a song. And these words can minister us to us today, even as they did in his time. This song that he sang, uh, with the instrumentation that he proposed, at his time of uncertainty, and it was very great at the time of Habakkuk, very great uncertainty at his time. That time of wonder and what was going to happen and what will come. And, and the words that he, le- he left us speak of difficulties. But the words do not center on those difficulties. And we too, I suggest to us strongly, don't center on the difficulties and the travails of life. You know who we're to focus the eyes of our heart on? The risen Messiah who's coming back again. Comfort ourselves with these words. So the words of the prophet's song, they proclaim the Lord and his victory. The victory that comes to the Lord, comes from the Lord to his people. And here are the words. I don't have the melody, but here's the words. And I'm not going to sing, so rest assured. But Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. Think of how beautiful and expressive these words are. And think of what could have been happening in the, in the prophet's life that would cause him to write these things. You don't really have to think so much about it. You just have to look into that book, Habakkuk, and you see it. But here's what he wrote, verse 17, very lyrical words. For even if the fig tree doesn't blossom... And no fruit is on the vines. Even if the olive tree fails to produce and the fields yield no food at all, even if the sheep vanish from the sheep pen and there are no cows in the stalls, still I will rejoice in Adonai. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Elohim Adonai is my strength. He makes me swift and sure-footed as a deer and enables me to stride over my high places. And then it says this, a little postscript, for the leader with my stringed instruments. Did you know Habakkuk was a singer? Friends, you be singers too in this generation. You sing out the praises of God to those around you. You sing out to those. You let your life be a melody for them, a symphony for them, to see that you, yes, you know, and you're not oblivious of what's happening in this world. There's some terrible things happening. But you know that our Redeemer lives, and you know that he is coming back again, and he's coming back at the exact right time, and he is the Prince of Peace. And those who know him now, who receive him as their Lord, Mashiach, Savior, those who know him now already know peace growing in their hearts. That's been my story, and I pray it's yours. Let's pray. Father, we praise you this day. You are truly glorious in all your ways. Thank you for your love and care for us. Thank you, Lord, for comforting Israel at this time. Lord, we pray for all the families that are grieving, for the soldiers who were there alone serving in the IDF. We pray for the older people. We pray for for those that are are left feeling a, a huge hole in their lives. Lord, that you would fill the vacuum, fill the hole, 
draw them close to you because you are the God of all comfort. Father, we pray that you will guide the leaders of Israel at this time and also the leader of the United States that you would guide and bring about your purposes. We pray for revival, true revival in the land of Israel that many will come to know your son, the Prince of Peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for not forsaking us in our time of grief and wonder. And thank you for the, the, the hope, the promise that cannot fail, that you will come again in great glory, that every knee shall bow and tongue confess that Yeshua is the Lord. I ask these things in his name. Amen. You've been listening to the Shabbat message from Rosh Pinah Messianic Jewish Congregation in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We would love to have you visit us. Our weekly services begin at 10.40 a.m. each Shabbat, and we are located at 2600 Northwest 55th Place, north of Northwest Expressway at the corner of Northland Avenue and Northwest 55th Place. We meet each Shabbat for wonderful praise and worship with dance, liturgy, teaching, food, fellowship, excellent children's programs, and Bible studies on Tuesday nights. For more information, please visit our website, www.roshpinah.org. That's R-O-S-H-P-I-N-A-H dot O-R-G. You can also reach us by phone at 405-842-1967 or email us at info at roshpinah.org. Thank you for spending time in the Word with us today. Shabbat Shalom and blessings in Messiah Yeshua.